Hey guys, Adrian here. Hey guys, it's Steve here from the Command Detroit team. And today's episode of KT Confidential 16, the guys are answering quickfire questions from the team. Enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? This is episode 16. 16 of KT Confidential. And today, everybody in the office, there's five of us here today, and everybody has contributed at least two topics that we don't even know about that we are going to discuss right now. Quickfire round. All right, Cam. That's what I'm calling it. Quick fire round. Let's you like go. looking at, occasionally you just l- stare into the camera. <laughs> Hello. When answering the Welcome. questions, it's quite useful when he does that. Uh, so the first one is saving tips See? for first-time homebuyers. Save, oh, this is a Saving tips for first-time homebuyers. Topic. Stop yeah. spending money on shit you don't need. I think a lot of people spend money on things that really aren't necessary. So um, really... Uh, digging into your finances to see where you're spending your money. Lunches, coffees, the basics. Like You probably spend hundreds of dollars uh, monthly on that stuff. Yep, and then I would say uh, there's tons of opportunities to actually save on the items that you do need. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about things like Ebates or cross-shopping with um, online uh, distributors, Amazon, whatever, uh, buy things in bulk that you're going to use on a regular basis. So toilet paper, paper towels, uh, things like that, that you can buy um, a bigger quantity of and stock them. Um, and then, you know, just be be frugal with some things as well. Don't buy all the most expensive shit. That's the biggest tip for first-time home buyers. Cut Another back thing your I know, and I, this I, is supposed to be a quick fire. I know. Just one more thing. Um, a lot of people I know go on excessive numbers of uh, excessive amount of vacations per year. I think that could be cut back. Vacation less to buy your home. Yes. Good. Next. When is a good time to buy a cottage? And any tips for it? That's cottage all you right here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the time to buy a cottage right now. Don't wait. If you can actually get into the cottage, like my cottage right now, you won't be able to physically get into because of the amount of snow. Um, But a lot of properties, especially if they're going to be on the market, they will make it available for you. But even if you have to put the boots on and trek into the cottage before the season opens. So for most cottages, season opens on the May 2-4 weekend. So you've got about a two-month period right now where there are fewer buyers and there are cottages starting to be listed now as the spring market or the spring season approaches. This is the time to buy. You really need to do your homework though uh, because you won't see shorelines. Um, So a really shitty waterfront could be masked right now because it's covered in snow um, and you might not be able to inspect your septic systems or your wells and things like that as uh, much as you could in the uh, prime of the season. Uh, but the deals are now, and if you buy now and you close in May or June, uh, it lets you enjoy the rest of the summer and even allows you to rent out the property uh, for the balance of the year. So if you're thinking of buying a cottage, March, April, and Almost into May, uh, that is the best time to do it. Another thing I think is good with cottages, after seeing so many transformations with them, is to be able to see past the deficiencies because a lot of them are in rough shape, have ugly furniture, are definitely not staged. Uh, But if you can see beyond that and see the potential in the property, I think there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah, like our cottage. uh, I mean, it had the 
what I consider one of the ugliest cottages uh, or kitchens that we've we've seen, but we renovated it and we love it now. Next. So next is taking your photos with a smartphone, your listing photos. How do you feel about this? Oh boy, taking listing photos with I mean, a smartphone. The sm they're better than a lot of point and shoots used to be. And people, you know, they're not yeah. terrible. The, the but iPhone X and the, the new XR or whatever it's yeah. called, good cameras. Like I bet if we were to take a camera, a, a good quality one, a newer phone, and even add one of those additional lenses you can slap on the back of it, you could probably get pretty decent photos. So, Especially if you do some post-editing. Absolutely. So I don't think it's so much about the, um, about the equipment. It's just about taking proper photos, like with good lighting and proper editing and making sure your thumb's not over it and making sure you get your ass out of the car so you don't see the door frame uh, in the front photo of the house. So uh, cameras right now actually on most phones are better than point-and-shoot cameras were or even some DSLR cameras yeah. were a few years ago. So the quality of the image will probably be there. Uh, but yeah, uh, adding a uh, wide-angle lens, uh, there's a lot of clip-on. I've got one of them, and it you know gives you a nice wide angle. And then doing some post-editing, whether it's a third party doing it or yeah. uh, you're doing it yourself in Lightroom or something like yeah. that. But realistically, if you're listing a house for sale, spend the one or $200 that it's going to cost for an average home and hire a professional. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing beats having professional photos for your listing, uh, regardless of what kind of listing it is, whether it's a $100,000 condo or a uh, multi-million dollar property. It's got to look great online. It all starts with the photos. So next is how well do you think the bus ads really work? Bus ads. That's, that's You'll hard. never see our faces on a bus. Never say never. Maybe we'll do something to mock it. Maybe. But I mean, you can't. How do you gauge it? First of all, um, I'm sure it works for some. I people. think most bus ads are pretty fucking stupid I for, for realtors. Yeah. They all say the same thing. Well, like, are you going to hire a realtor it's, it's, because you saw that person on a bus? Right. It's no. It, it's stupid in this day and age, given the other options that are available. Yeah, I don't know how much it costs to have a bus, uh, your your face wrapped on a bus, but I would assume it's probably a few thousand dollars a year, and that money uh, used in other avenues, such as Facebook and Instagram. Uh, goes a, a lot longer. And really, do you want to spend that money marketing yourself or do you want to spend that money marketing your clients' properties or providing value to them? It probably does a good job in branding that person, uh, but there are so many different ways to do that right now. It may have worked 10 years ago. It's not as effective it's anymore. not as effective anymore. It doesn't not work. It's just not as effective. Yeah, there are many. You might get a call off of it, but it's... Will you? Maybe. I don't know. Anybody listening, have you ever called a realtor because you saw them on a bus? Good question. Yeah. Next. Why do croutons come in airtight packages? For preserving said I assume crouton. that was either... That must have been a Steve question. Mr. Steve. Well, he's eating a salad right now, so he probably had <laughs> some of those croutons. How long do croutons last? Because I'll, I'll keep them around the house for a long time. Well, it's, you know, dehydrated bread. Right. So can it go bad? I don't know. Does it? Especially if it's in an airtight package. I mean, even after you open it, though. It, it'll go stale. Yeah, it's still edible, though. Is it? 
We'll test it. We'll leave a bag open here for a while. I don't think it'll make you sick. Probably not. But why are they in an airtight package? That's a good question. I think it gives people the illusion <laughs> that they're fresh or something. Yeah. It's yeah. all perception. Home inspections on condo units. So when, when I bought my condo unit, uh, I did the home inspection myself. Um, and I've done this for clients in the past where we go through it together. There's not much to inspect, really, because the condo is responsible for all of the uh, major, like your foundation and most of the time your windows. Um, so what are you inspecting, really? You're inspecting to see if there were any leaks in the unit, uh, which most of the time would be uh, detectable by the eye. Uh, if not, everybody on our team has a moisture meter. We usually go around with the, the moisture meter to see if there's any uh, moisture in between the walls or in the ceilings. Um, you're checking the plumbing, so you're opening the, the cupboards and the cabinets to see um, if there's any signs appliances, of any leaks. You're making like sure the appliances are working. But for the most part, they're things that anybody can do. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it depends. Just for peace of mind, I did one recently, and our client, uh, you know, she was adamant about doing it, and um, obviously we wouldn't discourage it. It gives them peace of mind that it has been done, and if there are any deficiencies, that uh, just somebody going in with a keen eye, second opinion is nice to have. But make sure you're paying the appropriate price. I remember I went with one who had, uh, this was a few years ago, and they used a Mike Holmes guy, and they paid, like, $600 or $700 for, a condo, for a condo inspection. Wow. I mean, the guy was just grasping at straws, trying to stretch out the amount of time he was there because <laughs> he didn't need more than 30 minutes. But they, they are, the, the Mike Holmes team, actually, they do uh, they pretty are, thorough inspections. They, they do, do a good job. Yeah. Um, but to that point, you know, a couple hundred bucks for a condo inspection is pretty suitable. Um, yeah. You know, in an hour, if you can inspect a, an average size condo, there's something wrong. Um, but yeah, you should do them for peace of mind. But if you're, uh, um, if, 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 you know, if you're a seasoned, um, investor or, uh, this is not your first time purchasing a home, um, you know, a good realtor and, and a good keen eye, uh, should be able to walk through most of that with you. So it eliminates most of the time it would eliminate the need for an inspection. Next one is title insurance. It's a good question. Um, I mean, title insurance is typically required by banks when you're getting a mortgage, so you have no choice but to get it. Uh, I recently had somebody buying a house uh, in full, so no mortgage required, and they asked my opinion on it. And I think it's a personal preference. Um, you need to do your research and see what it covers and see if it's a... It's like buying warranty for a car. It's, it's like buying any kind of insurance. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, auto insurance is is required, but how many people would actually have auto insurance if if it wasn't required? Right. Uh, I don't have a, a life insurance policy. That's just my personal preference. Um, so insurance, like any kind of insurance, uh, this is to ensure that the title uh, and the deed are all in check. There's no encumbrances. And if there are, it protects you. Uh, it's almost like an errors and omissions type of uh, insurance. Um, it is required if you have a mortgage on the property, so most people will end up paying for a title insurance um, of some kind. It's uh, it's an inevitable. It is. Next. 
What to look for at an open house. What to look for at an open house. So I'm assuming this is from so a, buyer's, this is a buyer's perspective, right. first time at the house. Um, and I, I find often when buyers first visit a house, they overlook a lot of things. Like it's very common they go back for the home inspection and they're like, oh, I didn't notice this. I didn't notice that. I don't see the crack in the tile there. I didn't see that before. Uh, so whenever you're at a property, you really need to try to see past uh, all the cosmetic things. Like, you know, that's why we stage houses because they look nicer and they... Um, they uh, kind of you know, we kind of lead your eye to things uh, such as the nice staging and furniture, opposed to the crack in the drywall, whatever. So just pay attention. So now, is there a difference between a buyer going? Because this question specifically is what to look for at an open house. Does that differ from a showing? So a private showing with your realtor. Well, I think you need to be very careful because the realtor that's at the house has a very different uh, has very different intentions than the exactly. realtor bringing you to a private showing. The you know? realtor that's at the open house is representing the seller. Right. If you have a private showing with your realtor, that realtor is representing your best interests. So, what you might be looking at in those two different uh, viewings of the property could be very different in its own just based on who's there representing. Very true. Good point. What is your best tip for first-time buyers? Hmm. Well, we chatted about the savings and the spending uh, tip. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me, I think a lot of... I think a lot of people want to get more than they need. I don't know the best way to word it, but that's exactly what I think it is, is... Um, not getting in over your head. It's a stepping stone. Most people, I was in my first house for two years, two and a half years. Like there's a good chance you won't be there very long, depending on how old you are. I mean, you know, life changes quickly in your earlier years. So um, don't go overboard. Just get something small, something comfortable, something manageable. Yeah, that's a good point because when you're younger, if this is your first property, there is a good chance that you might get a promotion, you might get married, somebody's making more money, you might have children. Um, so there's a good chance that this is not going to be a very long-term purchase for you. Uh, my biggest advice is don't try and choose the absolute best location for your first property. Uh, sometimes you got to look outside of your preferred location uh, just to get in the market so you can still get a nice home. But instead of looking right in that city center, um, look a little bit outside of it because there's a lot of good deals, a lot of good opportunities. If you just stretch yourself, you might be adding to your commute on a daily basis, um, but stick it out for a few years. It'll be worth it. And then take the equity, take your knowledge and all that. Um, that you've gained from that property and then in a few years, um, you know, go out over and uh, get into that city center market, you know, whether it's a um, prime area or not or a bigger home, whatever the your goal is, um, start a little bit. Uh, I think another good tip is when they go to sell is see if it's feasible for them to keep it because everybody looks back and says, oh, man, I wish I kept that house because now, five years later, seven, ten years later, it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars more. I find it's harder for it to happen on the first property. But if you have taken your the home you purchased as a first-time home buyer, you've sold that and purchased another home, 
that next home will probably be a great home as an investment, either home, but it's more likely you'll build up enough equity in that home in your second property uh, to be able to then move on to that third property and still keep that second property. And at that stage in life, again, you're probably in a better job. You're more stable. Your family is now more stable. Um, so it allows you to do that. But always look at that option because um, even if it's for a short period of time, you keep that property for two, three years. You ramble what? <laughs> Next. Next. Toronto International Home Show. Oh, that was my question. So creative. I'm so happy to answer this one. <laughs> We're going to the home it's, show. It's actually not a question. It's a topic. National Home Show. Yeah. And the, so I think the Canada home blues. show, anybody um, looking to get anything for their home or just inspiration or to see what's on trend or the new technology, it's a great place to go. It's one of my favorite shows. And it's only the Toronto International one that's good. The other ones are kind of shitty. Well, it's not Toronto International. It's at the uh, what's now called the... Coca-Cola Coliseum. Right, but the one at the X, right? Exhibition yes. place, yeah. Yes, the National Home Show. Yeah, there's one on Airport Road that's never very good. No, those are... Yeah. The Cottage Life Show at the uh, International yeah. Center is fantastic in the spring. Yeah, I've been there. It's later this month, actually. I will be going to that as well. Yeah, but the Home Show is good because you get um, so many vendors in one place, so you can knock off a bunch of things on your list. And often they have good deals. That's where I ended up getting my hot tub yeah. uh, years I bought ago. my... Uh, my you were a coffee maker there uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. So if you're in the market for anything home-related, check it out. Yep. So last but not least, a client who opens the toilet seat and judges the entire home based on what they find. That's got to be yours, That's too. mine, too. <laughs> yeah, so the point of that one is um, just to point out the importance of when you're selling, how you really need to pay attention to every detail. So this particular client, she would walk in, to every house we looked at, she would immediately beeline it to the closest bathroom, lift the toilet seat, and look inside. And she would judge the whole house based on the cleanliness of it. Were you shaking her hand at every... Uh... No, I have sanitizer in the car as well. Okay. So here's the thing. Resale homes are resale homes. They're going to be dirty. They are going to be... Well, we've had a few properties where... The bathrooms were not exactly clean. Yeah. Um, the Woodstock property, which was a disaster. Um, you got to look past that stuff because once all of the current homeowners' belongings are removed and you take possession, you know, you replace toilet seats, you replace toilets if you have to, um, especially those things are at a, a minimal cost. You get cleaners in there, you disinfect the place, you sterilize it, you steam clean carpets, well, it's good you get advice. the air ducts clean. Yeah, it's good advice for a buyer to see past those things. But from a seller's perspective, those types of people exist. So it's really important to try and address everything to make sure you appeal to more people. Oh, 100%. So. Because buyers are looking at those things. Absolutely. And buyers that notice, oh, the bathroom is clean, oh, fresh caulking, toilet looks great they will pay more money. 100%. That's it. That's the last question? Yeah. Was Anything quick. else you wanted to talk about today? No. No, I don't think so. I'm good. You? No, it's it's March. And anytime the calendar says March, people are talking about selling, about buying. Birds are starting to chirp a little more, and the sun is out a little longer. So 
this is going to be an exciting month. I'm pumped. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks so much for listening to episode 16 of KFT Confidential. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and follow us wherever you may be listening, if that's in the woods or in a tent or in your RV. Thanks so much.